Welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. This podcast started with me just kind of interviewing my friends, and now we're at a point where I'm interviewing people who inspire me. Every week you are going to hear how someone else identifies with the feeling of not fitting in and success. So let's just hop into the episode and thank you for all of your continued support. Hey weirdos, I want to share something with you I've been doing for a couple of months now. It is called Forbidden Bingo with my friend, DJ Rockstar Aaron. We are both from Denver. Uh, Great human. Something that they put on virtually out of the kindness of their heart every week. And I'm just going to start by saying it's 18 plus, just so you know. Um, but it's Forbidden Bingo. Forbidden Bingo is so much fun. You can play it in person if you live in Colorado or if it plays other places, or you can play it virtually online every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Wow, I'm bad at time zones. But you know what? Just go to ForbiddenBingo.com, grab your tickets, and tell DJ Rockstar Aaron and Rich and all the other people that are playing that I sent you. That's ForbiddenBingo.com and unofficially, officially sponsors this podcast. This is a special episode because today is one of my longtime friends I've known since college, met her my freshman year of college at University of Northern Colorado, my friend, my friend who is an artist, my friend who is a gemstone and a Technicolor rainbow mural, Serena Louise. Well, actually, technically her name is Serena Williams, but she is not the tennis player. So we would always make a joke about that. Anywho, it is her birthday. I'm currently in flight to Hawaii, bruh, and I am moving and I am so excited to share this because this is so special to me. Serena is such a great friend and I cannot wait to share it. So thank you for always seeing me for me. Of course, Serena, hope you enjoy your birthday and you are amazing. Hey, how's it going? Great. How are you? Um, amazing. I'm really excited to talk to you because you are a longtime friend of mine, someone that I, I definitely like enjoy as a human. So let's just hop on into it. This is, of course, Please Don't Kick Me Out, the podcast about imposter syndrome. And the lovely voice you're hearing on the other end is my friend, Serena. Serena, do you want to give your elevator pitch, who you are, what you do, etc.? It's so funny that that's your first question that you ask. On this <laughs> like, I'm like, tell me everything. Syndrome. I'm like, <laughs> okay, it just like triggered all of my insecurities the moment I read that. <laughs> um, I am, well, I'm a woman living in Crested Butte, Colorado. And um, I think, <sighs> who am I? Well, I'm an artist and I'm a dancer and I'm a cleaner and journaler and a hiker and like all of the things um yeah I don't really know what else to say to sell well, myself here because I've known you forever I will say that she's an incredible artist so here you go now you're just gonna have your ego inflated and then you're gonna like worry you're disappointing everyone <laughs> Uh, but she, uh, she's a person that I met my freshman year of college. We were both art majors. Um, 
and uh, I could not hack it. She was able to hack it. Um, I had Seeger Harkers. He broke me in half. <laughs> I <laughs> First also semester. had him. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he liked you. He did not like me. <laughs> um, I, I've mentioned him on the podcast a few times about like how heard, I like yeah. tried so hard and he was like, B. And then I was like, bye, I'm switching majors. He was like, but I saw so much. I was like, you didn't see shit, dude. Like I, it was not great. He like, called but- everyone a dipstick. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Dipstick. Yeah. So Sarita and I went to the University of Northern Colorado. And if you've been, li- been listening for the last year, then you're, you know, I went there. I was an art major and then I switched. Um, but it, the, another thing that was kind of near and dear was that Serena and I lived like one town apart growing up so she was in Boulder and I was in like Niwot area. I, I don't, I refuse to say Longmont, sorry, Longmont, um, but <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> not really. Sorry. So we like, it was really easy for us, like during the summers to hang out and, and like just do stuff because we were like that close to one another. Um, and yeah, college was interesting. It's crazy to think that like, at least you're coming up on your 10 years. I, I was, mine was December because I, I graduated a semester early because I didn't oh, want to stay yeah. with my parents. I was like, oop, I'll just keep going to school, even though I wasn't great at school. Um, but I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, thank you for the education, University of Northern Colorado, but I have no interest in ever going to visit you for any reason. Like Scott asked if I wanted to take him, my husband, and uh, mm-hmm. he asked if I wanted to take him. And I was like, mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> <school's>, yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty campus, but then you like smell and you breathe in the Greeley and then you're reminded mm-hmm. where you are. Um, oh my gosh. I, I would say that the art program there, and then I went for art education yeah. and it was the fine arts side of it all. So it's a little bit different because you were in graphic design, right? Yeah. 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 It, it was probably the best experience ever. Like, I think if I had to do it all over again, I totally would, but it is weird going back because they see so many people, so many students coming through all the time. And it's just like, Hey, remember me from 2011? <laughs> Oh yeah. I went back to, I did go back to my, so cause when I switched majors, I switched to like advertising and marketing and I got asked to speak on a panel. So I went back for that. Mm-hmm. And then I got fired from that job like two months later. So oh, don't no. let your dreams be memes kids. Um, I've been yeah. fired so many times from so many different things. Uh, this is why I now podcast so that no one can fire me, but myself. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, that's the last time I went back. And I think that was, that was probably like 2013 was the last time I went back to Greeley. And then, yeah, Scott, I'm, I, I don't know if it was necessarily that I didn't want to take him or that he wasn't so totally enthused to go, but we never went back. And I remember like having my checklist of things I wanted to do before I moved and Greeley, Greeley did not make that top 10. No, it didn't make it on that list, but I'm glad that we went there because it kind of like, I don't know, it definitely opened my eyes to a lot of things. It opened my eyes to a different portion of Colorado um, as Mm -hmm. it's like as far, a little bit more conservative um, than where we were, which was Boulder area. Um, And so it was just, it was just a unique experience. I don't hate it. Um, it looks like the campus got way cooler after we left. I think the whole town actually. Yeah. I was like, dang, I was like, we had to suffer, but, um, as you know, without sad sacking Greeley too much, Greeley, Colorado is, um, it, it, if you're going to, if you're thinking about going to the university of Northern Colorado, we can't suggest it enough. I chose it for the art program. I switched to journalism and I've had this somewhat successful career and, um, and you did art and you do some really cool stuff with it. So that's why I'm excited mm-hmm. to have you on the podcast because, uh, <laughs> I've been be following here. your art. I've been following your art around for the last 10 years, <laughs> more than that, <laughs> longer than that. Yeah. It was so oh funny. I gosh. was 
thinking about it today. I was thinking about it. I was actually in this, sh- this is gonna sound really weird. I was showering, like after I worked out um, my Peloton, I shower, I was showering and I was thinking about, it just popped in my head randomly and I hadn't thought about it forever. This, our sophomore year, you were studying for a test on African art mm-hmm. and I gave you like a pun or something to remember one of the African art um, things because all of the sculptures had really big boobs <laughs> and they were from like, Botswana or something so we called it yeah. Bubana and you were like oh thanks that was the best tip I don't know what oh my gosh yeah I probably never I don't re- I don't remember <laughs> if that's correct and don't come for us we we it was a long time ago but um but yeah I remember like those those new dorms and all of that oh, whatever, oh my really. gosh I think so because you were in graphic design and I was in fine arts and I yeah. don't think we actually met in class no, how did we, we i think we met <gasps> oh, like in the dining hall or no, something no 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 who was the girl that was on my okay sorry my listeners we're going down memory lane i lived in webking what was the dorm you lived in snyder snyder okay so webking and snyder were on old campus webking i was on all girls floor my roommate becky she never ever ever was there so we turned remember we turned her bed into like a couch <laughs> so like i was like my my room was just always like empty like there was just no one ever in it That's and so right. that was a re- like it was just bizarre and um so we and we would always go to toby keith which is the dining hall but no mm-hmm. you went to high school with a girl on my floor who lived across the, the hall from the swedish girl oh okay but i so but i remember observing you somewhere on campus oh i feel to so someone honored. and you were like I don't even remember what you were saying, but you were just so funny and very outspoken. And I was like, who is that girl? I have to be her friend. You know, the funniest thing <laughs> is that I, I think back on instances of like being myself and like, I, I don't know, I, it was, I was kind I was more myself my freshman year. Like I was probably coming into my own. And then like sophomore year, I was like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to pay money for people that hate me. I'm going to join, I'm going to join a sorority. Like what was I thinking? I was such a stupid, dumb, dumb. You were investigating. Well, you know, and, and honestly it was, it was like a social experiment for sure, but it wasn't for Mm -hmm. me. It wasn't for me. I was not, um, I was not, I was not an alpha fee. I'm not allowed to claim them because I quit. So I'm not allowed to say I even ever was part of them, even though I know all of their rituals and the secret handshake. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It's been so long. I don't even think I know the secret handshake. That's so <laughs> weird saying it out loud. Like for my, I have a lot of listeners that are like international. I'm sure they're like, what in the hell are you talking about? Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You don't even need to know about it. They um, probably yeah. benefited from yeah. your type of like sarcasm right? and <laughs> critical thinking. No, but they did not. So they did not like, they did not like that I was funny. Like I used to, um, and you knew, you know this. So Hannah Montana, Two days ago, Hannah Montana was like the 15 years ago it was released. That was kind of our senior year slash like uh, college. It was popular. I bought these Hannah Montana boots from Walmart <laughs> and they were for children because I have very small feet uh-huh. and I would wear them all the time. And then I would just dress like Hannah Montana because I thought it was funny. Like you and I would go to theme parties and we would yeah. just like dress to the nines, like the 80s party or like mm-hmm. the other ones and then Kara would be there so Kara has been a guest on my podcast um she I I released her episode on the 16th of of October if you're looking for it to my listeners but um yeah so I mean it was like 
freshman and sophomore year were pretty good. And then, and then I joined a sorority and then I just like went off the deep end crazy. I don't even know, like, I, I, I don't know who that was. And then like my early twenties, I was kind of a garbage monster. And I was telling you before we pressed record, I was like, I just have to apologize if I've ever endured to you. And you're like, uh, I don't think you were, but okay. <laughs> I, I think I loved it. <laughs> if, it <laughs> if that's what it was. <laughs> Well, anyway, yeah. so um, so I'm excited to have you on the podcast because uh, so, you know I admire you a lot. Thank you. I'm so I'm just honored you invited me, and this is actually my first time ever being on a podcast. Oh my so, gosh! Wow. New experiences. I'm anxious and nervous and excited. She doesn't need. She time. doesn't need to be. To my listener, she does not need to be at all. Um, I think like one of my favorite mediums that you do art wise, cause you're I, like, when you were like, I don't know how to describe myself. I would just call you like a creator. Like you just mm-hmm. like to create, like you're very, um, like you just find ways to express yourself, like whatever that might be, like whether it's through dance or acting or choreography or art or watercolor. But my favorite medium of yours is the watercolor and the way that you do watercolor animals. I love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was actually something that I learned on my own. I didn't take any watercolor courses in college. And it's funny because it's, it's one of the first things you learn in art class when you're a kid. It's like watercolors and markers because they're so easy to clean up and it's really accessible. But it actually is like one of the hardest mediums in my mind, like actually figuring out how to control it and and how to, yeah, make it look the way that you want it to. It's, it took time, but it was just perfect. After college, it was the medium that I just landed on because I could take it anywhere with me. And I just got really good. (laughs) I think I got really good. (laughs) Uh, I think, no, I think you did too. And like, you're right. It's such a hard medium. Like I, I personally, like, I don't know. I've decided after I switched my major, I was like, I suck at art. I'm creative. I still do. I mean, I use Canva. So I actually think I like, if I'd gone for the whole, you know, art route, I probably wouldn't be doing art right now anyway. Mm. Um, but regardless, I, 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 I'm now like pretty terrible at art, but then like you meet my husband who has convinced that he's so bad at art that I asked him once to draw me a picture and I shit you not. He just drew a straight line. I mean, he was like, here you go. And I was like, who hurt you in elementary school? And I, and I love that that was your focus, like on our education. Um, because like, unfortunately, like, like just like the marketing department's always the first to go, they get rid of like the, the, the skills that kids need, like creativity mm-hmm. and like home ec. Like I didn't, we didn't have home ec. I right. they barely had a cooking course in high school. Like I mean, I, I still don't know how to sew. Couldn't tell you how to sew. So I don't know how <laughs> my husband knows how to sew. I don't cause he That's had a home great. ec class. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I don't know all the specials and music and just Mm -hmm. getting kids to use different parts of their brains. It's so sad that it's not seen as uh, for for at least like the general, like public education spectrum. Like it's not. Yeah. Yeah. You and I. Yeah. Yeah. It's not viewed. Yeah. It's not viewed. Right. Like it's, it's (laughs) yeah. yeah, We we push so many people into STEM and it's like, I do agree. Like STEM is important of course, but like for, people like me who had undiagnosed ADHD and found out that they like have ADHD in their Mm -hmm. thirties. Like I just, my brain did not math. And my parents like could not understand that. 
And that's just and not you how had my brain to work works. like twice Ex- as hard. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Like I, I got diagnosed my freshman year. They actually diagnosed me with it again. Like again, and as a kid, they diagnosed me. My parents were like, "We don't want to put her on medication. Like that seems mm-hmm. like a dumb idea." So they never did. And then I got a script because I was having a hard time studying. Like I couldn't wake up in the morning to go to class, and I was having a hard time studying. Um, I just remember freshman year just felt like really hard, like really yeah. hard, because like you're you've never really been on your own, and then you're like trying to navigate going to class at an 8 a.m. But like you mm-hmm. are able to stay up as late as you want. No one can like tell you to go to bed. Like right. it's a it's a really um, you're completely in control of your own yeah. time management. Like yeah. it's and it's totally up to you. And you have to either like take responsibility or not. And <laughs> what yeah. happens happens. Yeah. But I mean, I think I did okay, I guess. I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think we both did. Yeah. We, we did we did our best. But um yeah, I like I like to explore this topic though, and I will just hop into it with the first question because I, I just think that like as I've navigated my own insecurities and my own anxieties, I've noticed that like imposter syndrome for me has um, evolved and changed over time. But uh, the the general consensus on this question seems to be the same. So, do you feel like you have it all figured out? I no, I don't think I ever will. <laughs> yeah, I, like I think maybe sometimes like I'll figure out some things about myself, you know. But I'm constantly changing, and the world around us is constantly changing. So if you had it all figured out, like it would be old news, you know, a couple of years down the road. Yeah, yeah. I will absolutely like it's it's this is like the thing I like about this question is because like when you walk into a room full of people, like obviously like the the, the normal person who is normal neuroses and normal anxieties will look around and go, okay, like everyone's like thinking about me, like every not not thinking about me, not narcissistically, but like everyone's like everyone's smarter than me or whatever, mm-hmm. or like they've got it all. Oh, look at that. Like person has like a Rolex. So maybe that they're figuring it out better in life. And you look around and you compare yourself without even knowing their backstories mm-hmm. <laughs> and you immediately just credit yourself. Like that's a very human thing. And that's why this question, I like it because it's like, I don't think I would trust anyone that would say like, yeah, for sure. Like, okay, well, if you figured it all out, then maybe like you should go to sleep tonight and die because like right, there's nothing like, else to live to for. Live for. <laughs> exactly. Like that's not fun anymore. No. Like even just preparing for this conversation with you and being on my first podcast, I was like, how often do I get to feel this, this like nervous excitement of trying something new? Like it's yeah. not every day, but, and then it was the same thing when I, um, this past, uh, February, I choreographed a dance uh, for this community dance collective thing called Move the Butte here in town. And it was my first time choreographing and like teaching people to dance to perform <laughs> for an it audience. Out great. It did. But I remember my first rehearsal and I knew a couple of people and then some people I didn't know that just wanted to be a part of it. And I, I felt like I, when I was going in, I had to like sell myself to them. Like, what if they don't like the dance or what if they don't think I'm knowledgeable or, you know, and it was just this, like all these questions and nervous things I was telling myself. And then, then I stopped and I was like, this is such a unique experience and a unique feeling that I don't feel every day. And so I just tried to like, take it as it came. Oh yeah. And then by the end of the first rehearsal, I was like amped. (laughs) 
ready <laughs> to but go. It was I awesome. love that. You know, and people get so nervous to be on a podcast and what they, and then they're like, they'll email me after like, Oh, I said something like, I, I feel like I sounded really dumb. And then they hear their pot, like Kara is great. Kara, I'm calling you out. I know you're listening to this. <laughs> I, we're calling you out. We're calling yeah. you out. We're making, we're making you drink Manischewitz in a basement, like in college. <laughs> um, no, but so Kara's like, so Kara said to me, she was like, I think I sounded really stupid. And then she heard her podcast back and she was like, oh yeah, like I wasn't. That's the thing. It's like, we're, we're so our own worst enemies in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying so hard. Like I have a weekly therapist, um, Justina, shout out to Justina. She's amazing. But um, it, it, basically having to like debunk your own like inner saboteur is so hard it because it, like it's I don't know if it's, I know it's not a woman thing because I've, I've learned it's not, but I think it's especially prevalent among women because we're so competitive with one another for no reason. Like, like we're all, we're all in the same, like, you know, 70% bracket glass ceiling area. And yet we're, we're so competitive towards one another for no reason. And I mean, like we can tear each other down and it's awful. So it's like, almost like we do it as an armor. So like, if I think this exactly. horrible thing about myself and then no one corroborates it, then, okay. Like it, like my worst fear didn't happen. Right. But then there's so much power in, you know, lifting each other up. Yep. Like I'm starting to like gain some sisterhood in Ooh. my early thirties um, where it is, it's like, even if it's something really minor, a friend's like, you know what, what you said or what you just did was really brave. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and like, that has been something that I've like, kind of had to realize, like going through my twenties, especially like, um, was just that I didn't need to keep people in my life who like, weren't bringing me anything. And I think like mm -hmm. the pandemic has allowed me to like trim the fat a lot, a lot, you know, definitely, which is nice. Um, so to speak, but also like, I, I don't know, I, I'm the kind of person that like you and I, we don't talk every day, but we're definitely friends. And if you were to call me and need something, like I would be there. Right. Like that's the kind mm -hmm. of person I am. But I like also if I've had to like teach myself that other people can be there for me too. And as a child, as an empath and also as a child of trauma, I, I tend to, um, not allow anyone to get in. So my mm -hmm. therapist has been asking me to work on vulnerability and it's not easy and I hate it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a really scary place. Yeah. But that's like where, that's where everything happens is when you are opening up yourself. Yep. Exactly. To things. So yeah. yeah, I think having it all figured out <laughs> is boring. Yeah, I know. And I, I'm like, um, I'm because my husband's deployed and I'm thinking like, what kind of person is he coming home to? Because like, I don't know who I was when he left, but like, I certainly have been having to sit in my house all day with me every day for the last, you know, year, even though he hasn't been gone a year. But today, a year mm -hmm. ago, as the time of recording this marks when he got involuntarily recalled and they got sent out to sea just because they were like, we don't know what to do, COVID. And they just like sent them away. Oh so it was like the start of like all of the, garbage that I've had to deal with in the last year um wild that sounds really hard it's fine it's he's not he'll come back eventually it's fine yeah um, <laughs> and he's gonna love the new you <laughs> well I mean here's the thing the biggest compliment anyone's ever given me is that I am a gay man in a woman's body and I said wow that is the 
Greatest compliment. Thank you so much. I love that. <laughs> I love it because I feel it to my core. And I just, it's funny because it's like, I'm, I've, I've connected myself. I know it's a pandemic, but I've connected myself a little more into my, um, into my San Diego, uh, uh LGBTQ scene. Cause one of my friends is, uh, works for the center of San Diego, which does a lot of, um, programming for, um, LGBTQIA plus that, that community and San Diego in general. And I, I got involved with that through my old job and I was on the board of directors and then I got laid off. And then I just kept working with the center because I mm. became friends with someone that worked there. And, uh, so I'm very like, since Scott's been gone, um, I've been a lot more connected into that world. Like majority of my friends are gay men or gay women, um, or, you know, bi trans, whatever that might be. But then also mm -hmm. because you, you, you already kind of said it, like, I'm very like outspoken, black, like in your face, <laughs> like I dress, I dress, like I want to be talked to. Yes. Uh, I don't want anyone to talk to me, but yeah, I dress, I dress <laughs> like I want people to have a full ass conversation with me. Um, I dress like Miss Frizzle, really Miss Frizzle and like Lisa Frank had a baby. Like that's Amazing. how I dress. Yeah. I I'm love like your the style. byproduct. <laughs> Thank you. And I, I'll get back to that part, but, the, but the, the whole <laughs> like connected into the community thing, um, you know, I just feel like that's, I, I, I never feel judged. That's great. Like I can be an ally and like, championing champion them and like fight for their rights and fight for like the for things I believe in with them and like I I know that they were that, that that they'll accept me because like maybe their family didn't accept them or maybe their friends didn't accept them so mm -hmm. so that's why I oh Cordy just sneezed and hit his head on the chair are you okay no. I don't know he's sitting in my lap and he's mm -hmm. like, he looks very confused, but that's just, <laughs> I heard like bonk with my headphones. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, uh, so I don't, so what I'm saying is I don't really know, like I was, that was me, but it was just me, but like, I didn't really go out as much. And then we mm -hmm. kind of started to go out and then we locked down again. And then we realized like, oh, like this isn't changing. So like, there's a certain point of the pandemic still happening, but I need to like be around people. I can't just like sit in my house forever. Yeah. I think everyone feels that same way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm still very strictly like wearing my mask. I'm, I'm a half vaccinated. I'll be fully vaccinated in two weeks and then I'll have full antibodies by the end of April. So I'm, I'm almost awesome. there, almost there, but I, I, I'm not using that as an, as a means to just like go out and do things. Like right, I'm you can't go so careful. On people. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not going to be like, Oh yeah, let's go to Cancun. No way. Um, so let's talk about imposter syndrome. I think we've already sort of kind of touched on it. Um, but, uh, what does imposters or do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome in what ways? And what does imposter syndrome mean to you? Okay. So I feel like I fit in sometimes, like, I think it takes me a bit and I, and I'm never really the kind of person that comes in, uh, to like a room where there's a bunch of people and, and I, I'm an open book, you know, I, I, I do get chatty once I feel like some page is opened with a person, but I, I feel like it takes me a while to kind of get out of my shell. Um, and then I guess, I mean, I, hmm, I don't know if suffer is the right word for imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I'm definitely affected by it, but it's not, it's not a constant in my life, you know, where it's, um, not allowing me to do the things that I want to do or the things that I need to do. Um, 
I think what I wrote down was like, yeah, it just changes day to day. Um, and something that's been on my radar in the past probably 10 years, probably since I graduated college was like, I saw so many friends who got their degree and got a job in that degree and they're still doing that. Mm-hmm. And, or they got married and they had kids, they bought a house, they like did the whole American dream thing, <laughs> which is amazing, but it's not, I think we're getting to a point now with society that it's not necessarily for everyone. No, and, yeah. yeah. And the, the thing that you do for money doesn't necessarily mean that's who you are or how you identify yourself. Cause like I've worked all kinds of different jobs since I graduated and I've, you know, I've stayed true to like my craft with art making. And there was a time where I kind of tried to depend on it as a main income, but in any society that's really difficult to do. It takes a lot, a lot of work. Um, but I kind of just let these day jobs, if you will, kind of bankroll my lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love that. Um, and you're right. Like this societal, like, you know, mar- get married 2.5, 3.5 kids or 2.5 kids or whatever, like white pick offense. Like it's not for everyone. Like for me, like it's like now because we own a house and we, which we'll rent out when we move, we own a house, we're married. Like the, the question I get constantly is like, when are you having kids? Mm-hmm. And the answer is never. And people don't like that answer. And it's like, I don't know why we're pushing people to do things they don't want to do. Like if I don't want to do something like that should be fine. And it's so funny because my mom, she's always like, Bianca, when are you going to get like back into marketing in an office job, like doing, using your degree. And it's like, bitch, I use my degree all the time, (laughs) all the time. Like I, I'm constantly using my degree because I have to market a podcast. I have to find guests. I have to vet them. I have to pitch. I have to do copywriting. Like I have to do like advertising spots. I have to do like all this stuff that in order to like make this go. And so like, if I didn't have the marketing degree or the, the advertising degree behind my back, I would not be able to get it done. But at the end of the day, it, it's just a sheet of paper, right? It's, it doesn't make me more superior to someone that isn't, you know, that, that never went to college. Like, cause I went to college and I thought this is what I wanted to do, but it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and like, I agree with you. Like, I know people who like get got out and they're still doing the same thing and like, they're happy. And I'm like, what's that like? Cause I'm always trying to strive for different things. Right. Me too. I'm like, what is that like? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how does that work? Cause I like. Cause I got, a, when I graduated, I graduated a semester early. Cause did you graduate in May, 2011? Um, December, 2011. Okay. December, 2011. So mm-hmm. you, I, you graduated one year after me. Mm-hmm. So when I graduated, um, it was 2010 and I like the job market was like shitty, but it was shitty when you graduated as well um, around that time. And I like, couldn't find people that wanted to hire me. I could find people who wanted me to intern for free. And that was like my life for like a year and a half. And I'm like, finally, I got, finally, I got a job. And like, of course, like college doesn't prepare you for the real world. And I'd never had, like, I wasn't allowed to work in high school. My parents were like, school is your job. I was like, Mm. fuck school. I hate it. (laughs) Um, And so, (laughs) and so I never knew like how to fill out like a W2 or like, you know, anything. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't know how to do that. Yeah. (laughs) um 
you touched on a topic and I had a comment about it and it is now gone from my brain. If it comes back to me, I, if it's appropriate. Was it the W2? <laughs> was it the W2? I think it was more about how college doesn't really right. prepare yeah. you for life. Um, and, oh, okay. I remember now. Um, your parents didn't want you to work while you were in school. And yeah. I feel like now being an adult, being in the real world for the past, what? Uh, I guess outside of college, the past 10, 10 11 years. Um, that... Uh, I think all public schools should require their seniors or juniors to have um, like a part-time job to, in order to graduate, like credits, like work in a service industry job to like be around people, working with people, serving people. So you kind of get a better idea of what that's like and have work ethic and empathy. Yeah. I, empathy. Oh gosh, yes. yes. <laughs> empathy is that that's the main point yeah actually. no I actually like that okay let's sign it into the let's sign it into the constitution all right yeah, boom done yeah. well and yeah I there's a lot of stuff like that I I don't know I just like as the more I unpack this with people like the more I like learn about myself and then I like look back and I'm like oh like I can't believe that was acceptable when we were kids. <laughs> like oh um but overall um I, I agree with you that like, there's just not one true path. And like, it, I guess what I'm getting at to my listeners is that yes, you have a college degree, but that doesn't define you. Mm -hmm. And most people have college degrees that are quite meaningless in the scheme of oh, like 99% of people I've talked to that went in for something are doing right. something different. Like, like career longevity. Right. Is, right. And yeah. yeah, unless you like know you want to do something like for sure, like that's your goal, like a nurse, nursing or, you know, medical or veterinary. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I marketed and that's just what everyone does when they don't know what they want to do basically, or become a teacher. So, or, you know, maybe something does catch you later on and you do need to like completely sell yourself and market yourself. You'll have all of those skills ready to go. Mm -hmm. You'll know yeah, exactly yeah. how you're supposed to do it. Yeah. 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 I, and I, I also felt like too in Denver, like a lot of my imposter syndrome came from how cutthroat that market was because people were, Jeez. It, if you didn't have like the right kind of career path, then you were like, basically fighting for like the scraplings because everyone was trying to move to Denver as a mm -hmm. big fish from their area, like New York or LA. And then they were like seen as more desirable as candidates or people were being like, Oh, I got laid off. Like I will take anything. I'll take an entry position, like whatever. And that's like, mm -hmm. it was just unfairly vetting people. So I went, once I got out of Denver and I was in San Diego and I couldn't shake off the amount of offers I was getting, like interview requests, offers. And it was wow. like, where was this in Denver? Cause I never right. had that. And the truth was, is that I suddenly was a big fish in a small, in a small pond, even though San Diego is huge. I suddenly was like having that same situation. So, yeah. I mean, Denver was also like, when we were there, that was huge for entrepreneurs and startups and these cooperative, you know, workspaces and development. And it was just like, booming and everyone was there and I wonder if like San Diego has kind of been established for a while so it's like kind of leveled out itself yeah. a little bit more where you could know. just step in but 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like San Diego's, I would say like, it's a different cause it's, we're so close. We're two hours from Los Angeles and LA is like a different, like LA is like a rat race. It's just like, it's so competitive. Like my sister worked in LA. Um, so I've seen her go through it. My sister-in-law is in LA and she's having the hardest time getting rehired to do anything. And she's like, mm. I will do literally anything. I don't care. And she's like, they're just, it's not like it's not happening for me. And I always thought like it, you could throw a rock and get a job there. And I guess it's like, so, so, so competitive because everyone's, because <laughs> there's so many people in LA, but San Diego, it's a little different, like, because it's more laid back and, and it's just a different kind of, it's a different kind of like mentality. Um, yeah. it's kind of how I wish Denver had gone for me, but of course it didn't. Cause I was no. like one of a million every time. Um, and as I do miss Denver, but I know that like, when I, like, I see photos and all the development and who knows how the pandemic's kind of changed it. I don't really recognize her anymore. Right. Like a lot of my favorite stuff is closed and I'm like bummed out by it. And, you know, like a lot of my friends in the service industry got out of the service industry because they couldn't deal with all the pivots and they ended up just going into like office jobs. Like my, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite bartenders, he's now slinging it. He's, he's still doing his YouTube channel, like teaching people how to make cocktails, but he's, he works at Zillow. I'm like, who, what? <laughs> so I, I don't know. The same for the art world too. Like when I was living there, it was such a saturated market. There was so, I mean, it was great. It was really inspiring. Uh, so many creative people, um, making all kinds of stuff like murals. And then there was a Santa Fe art walk and, all of this. And I remember speaking to some artists uh, when I would do the art walk and there'd be somebody selling a painting that was so abstract and it was, you know, so wonderful in its own way, but I couldn't relate to a lot of it. And speaking to people about it, they'd be like, yeah, I've been painting for like, you know, three weeks. And I just thought I'd come in and hang up some artwork and <laughs> asking for about like 800 for this painting you know and it's just you're like what what a flex what a flex <laughs> yeah I mean I, I hope that they found success but moving to Crested Butte it's a very very small community there's a lot of creative people here there's like woodworkers and glass artists and all kinds of stuff but it's small enough and you can connect with people very easily yeah so, get your stuff out there so within the six months like the first six months of living here I sold more artwork and had like monetary gain I uh, love way that. more than like the four years that I lived in Denver like I, lo- yeah. I love that and also like you grew up in Boulder and and so for my listeners that aren't really familiar like Boulder is um can be very like crunchy and granola and and a little bit of like hippie-ish and alternative ways to raise kids not that your parents were pretty normal from what I remember but 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 like yeah they're like oh um apple can't have gluten uh you know so (laughs) I don't know why I just but then I love that um and then there's also the other side of like yeah "Yeah, I'm I'm vegan and um I wear you know linen pants but I also drive an Audi Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then like, and then like, there's also like the college is there, which is our, our CU Colorado university, which is one of the biggest ones. Cause it has a bunch of outposts. Um, and my, then my sister went to college. I was like, get me 45 minutes away from where I grew up. Thank you. I don't want to be anywhere near this. Uh, and I did, I did. I, I, I was like, bye. Um, but see, so Boulder, like you kind of, like you were kind of used to that. Cause there was, it was almost like, Cause where your parents live, if I can recall, it's closer to the foothills. 
And so like that Mm -hmm. life is just a little bit different. Like it's Mm. more connected to nature, kind of like people who live in that area, like they're very like connected to the world and care about like the environment, but not like in a crazy way. Just like, they're just, I don't know. It's I'm trying to describe it in a, yeah, conscious. They're trying to describe it. So it's like, when you go to a small mountain community like that, people like look out for each other because it's weird when um, newcomers come in um, and, and like, the, the need for community is so important, like in these smaller mountain towns. Um, and then like, there is a ski resort in Crested Butte, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's owned by Vale now and mm. it's been around, like, I think, I think the ski resort opened in like the early to mid sixties oh. and it was, it used to be called the last great ski town, Colorado. Oh no, now it's not. just kidding no I'm sure it's great I'm sure it's It's, great I yeah I'm not a skier so I don't care too much but I just love the landscape and the people and I Nordic ski but I I don't alpine yeah it's kind of I I feel maybe like imposter syndrome with that (laughs) well (laughs) yeah and not being a skier yeah I mean that's something to unpack as well because like I'm not I'm not originally from Colorado but it's like the when like when you meet people not from Colorado and you're like oh yeah like I like I grew up mostly in Colorado and they're like oh man so like you must have like really enjoyed skiing and snowboarding and like the common misconception is that like Mm -hmm. people from Colorado like native to Colorado or people who have lived in Colorado really fucking love skiing yeah we don't or at least 99% of (laughs) you and I don't (laughs) I you and you you and I do not uh I'm more interested in like the beer at the end of the hill the appraise like I'm more interested in like the sauna and maybe like a massage I'm more interested in like the things that are happening at the resort because resort is safe indoors is safe um because I am terrible at skiing anyway in general and I don't know I just didn't grow up doing it but yeah, I mean, that's like imposter syndrome as well. It's like, oh, okay. Well, like I don't ski like as much as these do people I do. Belong do I belong? <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about, I think we've like touched on it. Um, unless I didn't ask you about success. Have I asked you about success? I mean, we kind of blended it. Okay. We went, I, I blended all of the things. Yeah, like you did. In and, and then like, you know, life path and choices and Okay. All of the We're things. good. We're good. So, mm-hmm. so we can say, you know, goodbye to imposter syndrome. We'll see you later. Um, <laughs> sashay away. Uh, Shantae, you stay. Uh, we'll talk <laughs> about, we'll talk about things we're fanatical about and why, um, my listeners know that I love drag queens, so I'm not even going to get into it. So what are you fanatical about and why? Oh my gosh. Well, I think I've been a fanatic my whole life, but the past, I would say like the past three years, I have been a fanatic for playing Dungeons and Dragons. I've never played in my life and I've always wanted to. And <laughs> the thing, there's like a meme that goes around, you know, that's like, oh, like three three friends talk about playing Dungeons and Dragons forever, but then never do and then they die. <laughs> yeah. But but I'm fascinated by it because yeah. I like, I it feels like, it feel, like from what I know, it's like the games get so intricate and like you can do so many things yes and didn't you start playing it in, did you start kind of playing it in college I so say? I I wish I wish I was that cool um I had friends that did and for the longest time I thought it was a board game or a video game <laughs> and and then I come to find out it's a tabletop role-playing game with dice and 
Um, my boyfriend, Mitch, he is our dungeon master most of the time, which is for the listeners out there, if you don't know what a dungeon master is, it's someone who basically sets the scene, gives you the world that you're in, uh, the like non-player characters that you interact with, and then they're all of your enemies. <laughs> and, and you like move through different worlds. Like um, when COVID hit and we shut down, we started, Mitch and I started playing with a friend in New York and then two friends in California over Discord and this thing called Roll20. And my friend Jacob was dungeon master and he set up the world of Mad Max. So we were like in a post-apocalyptic Australian, you know, the bush. <laughs> That's just like total barren wasteland. And like there was guzzoline and all of the things. And I played a monk and it was, <laughs> we played, I think we played that, that world or that campaign if you will for like three months and the actual storyline was the span of three days but it was like <laughs> hours and hours of role playing and fighting and trying to survive <laughs> and uh, it's so much fun <laughs> I, it sounds fun my husband's always wanted to play like my husband's like really into magic the gathering scott scott has like a bunch of decks and stuff That's so and cool. he mm, yeah. So cool. <laughs> no, I know. I, I know I dated a nerd. I'm na- I'm married to nerd and I'm, I'm okay with that because you know what? The nerds are loyal. I feel like loyal. you're a nerd. You well, I'm very nerd. nerdy about just stupid stuff. Like I'm nerdy about like more pop culture stuff. And then uh-huh. like when I like something, I like really like something. Yeah. Um, I, I like have no off button. Like I'm perpetually a teenage girl when it comes to like boy bands or something like like the time I met Joey Fatone I cried (sighs) (laughs) oh you know so so, but so like things like comic-con for me mm -mm. drag con on the other hand woo-wee that was oh I bet I was like I I was just I RuPaul was DJing I I sobbed I mean it was a whole thing um but but yeah so like I've always wanted to play and it's like I don't even know who I would be I think I'd be like a bard or something like Something the fact funny. that you even know what one of the classes are is awesome. <laughs> I could see you just like singing your way through a campaign, but I've just always been a freak for fantasy. Yeah. Like growing up reading Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and Harry Potter and then Game of Thrones, like really was a thing for me for so long, but like Dungeons and Dragons or D&D, um, it really does stoke that yeah whole whole like child within me that wants to pretend and play and like live in an imaginary yeah and also for like my my listeners like who don't know Serena because I've known her a really long time you've always had more of that like childlike wonder and like like the ability to kind of lose yourself in those fantasy worlds necessarily because like and and you liked enjoyed them because you were an only child so like that was like your way to like escape (laughs) It was my way of entertaining like, bye. for hours on end. Yeah. No, but like, uh, how are your parents, by the way? Oh, they're doing well. They're yeah. um, they're about to sell their house what? and move to St. Petersburg, Florida. Oh, my, no way. They're okay. doing the retired thing. <gasps> Good for them. Good for yeah. them. And especially yeah. like at, especially at the time of recording this, uh, this week. It was not a good week for Boulder, unfortunately, but I'm glad they're okay. Um, Me too. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I saw Kelsey, our friend Kelsey Bird had, had marked herself safe and I was like, what? And I Googled it and then I just started crying. Yeah. No, it was tragic. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah, no, not good. And I'm, I, I still haven't like really unpacked my thoughts about it because it's hard to be so far away and Mm -hmm. hear about it. And then like hear people talk about like a place where you like 
in and gone and lived and like grocery shopped and also like have friends from. So of course I thought of you and I figured I would have heard something if something was wrong. Plus I was talking to yeah. you on Friday anyway. Um, but yeah, so hopefully, hopefully that all kind of gets resolved in a good way. Yeah. It's just so devastating not to be a downer. So let's talk about unpopular <laughs> opinions. Cause I just, as, I, as yeah. I just took a dump on this podcast, um, no, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I am, I'm reading ahead and I started laughing because like, <laughs> like in my head, I was laughing because I'm really confused why your boyfriend thinks this, but go for it. Okay. Yeah. And he makes fun of me so much for it. Cause I, when I was looking through this and trying to think about what an unpopular opinion I have is, and I was brainstorming ideas with Mitch and he was like, well, you think the show friends is funny. So, <laughs> and I was like, but it is funny, but there's all kinds of memes out there, you know, that make fun of people that enjoy the show. But I think it's always been just absolutely hysterical in my world. I don't think it aged well though. It kind of there's some stuff that's a little like like why are like like but it was the 90s so it's like it makes sense why it was the way it was I I love the show friends um even though I don't believe it aged well in some in some ways like how they treated I don't LGBT. think it's timeless that's for sure it's, it's not timeless <laughs> and also but but I also like there's things that are funny like they're inside jokes and stuff I find them funny I got to do the uh friends experience in in New York City I saw that I, so you got to go to, to the travel. apartment yeah well you know like how maybe not but like you know how sometimes like things will come into town and it's really just purely for the Instagram influencers yes you know so it was like that and it was like it was it was cool it was neat to go because I went with my friend Brittany we were in New York to ride Peloton in the studio so we were already there and then I happened to score tickets to that but it was like everyone wanted the photos on their phone I'm like it's called airdrop like you can we don't need to sit here. So you're waiting in line to like sit in a recliner. You're waiting in line to like put the turkey on your head, which now I don't even know how they could do this post COVID. You know? <laughs> Everyone's gonna be like, no, I don't wanna put that turkey on my head. Someone else's face was just on it. They coughed inside right. of it. Um, <laughs> but, but it was just like, it was purely for the gram. It was cool. It was a cool experience. And there was actually like lots of memorabilia, like seeing the, um, seeing the dollhouse in person was pretty kind of, was pretty cool. I don't know if they remade it or if it was just like, the original that they didn't light on fire, but it was, I don't know. I thought a lot of the stuff was pretty interesting. It was cool, mm -hmm. but it was just really just designed for like to, to sell merch and, you know, sell yeah. tickets and yeah. sit down and touch the things. But um, if, if you get a chance to go to it, I do suggest it, especially as a friend's fan, um, but don't bring Mitch because he'll just be annoyed the Make, whole time. Oh my gosh. But at the same time, it would be so funny to hear his commentary. He is so cynical and so eloquent when he, <laughs> especially when he makes fun of stuff like he can be so cutting in all of the best ways um and then the other thing is I think kimchi is delicious I think a lot of people think it's delicious okay who, cool. who, who came I for like, you I no one came for me I'm just like I'm the freak that'll like drink the brine or like okay that's a, a little that's shot. a little but then again, but then again people do that with pickle juice right like so yeah. I think it's pretty normal I love kimchi um oh. I I just had to I just got some more um, recently from Whole, Whole Foods. I, I've been doing the whole Instacart thing. Like mm. I, I I just don't really like to go into the I hate it. stores. I hate and now that that Boulder store. thing happened, I'm definitely never going into a grocery store ever again. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I like to just like do, and I'll do like an Instacart or like an Amazon Fresh um, just cause I'm in San Diego, I have access to it. And uh, like some things like Whole Foods has and like other things like are on Amazon Fresh. So they didn't have kimchi. And then the kimchi I wanted 
they didn't have. So they subbed, say they subbed it out for only cabbage. It's fine, but like, it's, but it's, it's not, not the same. Kimchi. No, it's yeah. I just remember like packing my lunch for work and making like a wrap or something and opening up the jar of kimchi and putting some in the wrap. And then Mitch would come in from our room, go into the kitchen and be like, do we need to take out the trash? It smells like trash in here. <laughs> like it's the kimchi. <laughs> and I um, warn people sometimes before I eat it. I'm like, it's going to smell like garbage. <laughs> smell like garbage. Sorry. <laughs> it's so uh, tasty. Though. I love this. Okay. So what's currently making you happy in this world? Um, so when I filled this out, it was dancing and it's still very much dancing. Um, I'm already thinking about move the beat for next year and what I could choreograph. Um, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I, I, with my job, I'm a housekeeper. Um, I listen to a lot of music and a lot of times it's really upbeat pop music. (laughs) Um, and this fast dance that I choreographed was to Lady Gaga's Marry the Night, which is one of my favorite songs of hers that came out 10 years ago. Um, But I just find that I can get through long days or stressful times by moving my body. Yes, I love that. (laughs) Um, You know what? I know you would never, but you should join TikTok and like get on the dance trends. That's, and I'm like, am I too old? No. I'm okay. I don't know how it happened. Um, which I shout out to Pamela and DJ, if they're listening, um, they're my TikTok friends. Um, <laughs> but I'm the only, I'm, I'm an ally in les. I got, st- I'm, I'm like super deep into lesbian TikTok. Like I'm yes. like, I'm there and I'm at this thing called the whisk gang. And all we do is like badly lip sync to like with whisks to music and just like oddly rock around and dance and then I, love I did I don't know if you saw like I put it in my story but I I would I, I got these flame pants and I thought it'd be really funny to get into my Guy Fieri oh I saw it oh yeah I saw it. yeah and I was like <laughs> all right I'm doing this I'm definitely gonna share it to reels because it's under 30 seconds because <laughs> I think it's hilarious because I thought like oh like I'm just gonna like do this because I obviously have to like why wouldn't I I'm always two seconds away from getting into the Guy Fieri cosplay it doesn't do well on TikTok uh, but you know what? I'm going to keep trying, <laughs> but yeah, like I have a friend, her name's D. Um, she'll be a, she'll be a podcast guest that'll come out soon. Um, she's on TikTok as well. And she lives in Canada and she just dances. And like, that's her whole thing. Mm. Just dances, dances to eighties music. That's her it's, thing. It's, it's so a, fun it's to watch. World. Yeah. I love watching all of these. And, and some of these groups are so coordinated and they're so crisp. And so, oh my gosh. Yeah. I could watch those pretty much all day, which is probably why I'm not on TikTok because I already spend so much time on Instagram. Oh yeah, the just... reels are good. Reels are also so like- So fun. Well, yeah, well also the algorithm like won't, I'm gonna get real nerdy and markety for a second. The algorithm won't, um, it doesn't favor TikTok content. So like if you put something out and it has a time, like it has a watermark on it, they like, like Instagram's such a shady bitch. They're like, we want you to use reels. It's like, stop yeah. trying to make fetch happen because your reels is clunky <laughs> to use. But they're like, oh, like we're going to show it less. And also like, we're going to like degrade it. So like, it's, we're going to like make it blurry so that like mm. you want to use reels. And then Instagram, we, cause I like to make a reel and then I like to take it off of Instagram and I like to put it on TikTok cause it's sometimes they're easier to edit open. <laughs> right. But then now, now Instagram's like, oh, I see you doing that bitch. I'm going to watermark that. So then now I'm watermarked on TikTok and I'm like, oh, 
I just wanted to <laughs> share this video and I didn't want to like use an app to like splice it together. Okay. Like right. I just wanted, to put, just wanted it to be Can't the way I wanted be... it. Yeah. Why, why is it a war? Like buy what Instagram by TikTok problem solved. So quick little funny story. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I made a reel for fun. Uh, when my roommates and I, and my boyfriend, we were making a bunch of mac and cheese. Yeah. Like I think Mitch bought like five or six boxes of mac and cheese to throw into one pot and it was different kinds. Then I just did this funny reel for it. And meanwhile, I've been like doing reels on my artwork and my dancing and I get, you know, some views and some likes and it's, it's nice. But then this mac and cheese video got 11,000 plus views no way. and like 200 likes and like a bunch of comments like some sarcastic really funny ones like oh please use oat milk when you've been putting all of this processed cheese on top and like oh dairy <laughs> but I'm like so why the mac and cheese like I still am trying to figure out like why that went I don't get it in that direction I gotta be honest I don't understand why things go viral and they don't and no one else understands it either it's it's really weird it's like the last year has made us so like content digestible, digest, digestibly focused. Cause like people are totally. creating and giving and doing all these things that it's almost like we just kind of like ignore things that like, don't make us laugh or smile. We just like scroll past it. Right. Um, and then, and, and then yeah. I think if like the people that are doing super well on TikTok or Instagram, if you go to their page after looking at one of their reels, it's like that funny thing that they do. That's like all they do. Like they found the one thing that really got attention, whether they care about it or not, they're just going to continue yeah. doing that same like theme of humor. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree. Um, yeah. It's just definitely, definitely rid ridiculous. And I, I, I agree. I, I haven't seen the mac and cheese video, but I'll have to go and look and then I'll have sure. to, and then I don't want to, I, I might troll some comments, but Oh my God. I don't, yeah. Do whatever you want. <laughs> what I, okay. So to, to give you an example. So I posted when, when the inauguration happened, I posted, um, Bourdain got cottage cheese cause it was a special occasion and his cottage cheese is Bourdain's favorite food in the whole world Aww. because he used to have a really sick tummy when he was baby. And they, my vet said, give him cottage cheese. So cottage cheese is like for special occasions only after this, I promptly bought a thing called a snood that puts his ears in there. Cause it, his ears will smell like spilt milk. It's disgusting. After the cottage <laughs> cheese. So anyway, I gave him cottage cheese and I use the TI song where it sounds like, where it says, I want your body, but everyone thinks it sounds like I want Joe Biden. I need Joe Biden. Oh. Right. So I did, I did that. And I had alt-right like children that can't vote come for me and go like, Oh, like, looks like you, looks like you used your food stamps to like, and I was like, wow, these children have way too much time on their hands. This like, they, they are coming for my dog. Like how much of a fucker do you have to be to like mm -hmm. see a cute dog eating fricking cottage cheese and be like, oop, let's talk about Trump. <laughs> oop. <laughs> like, so that's what I'm saying is the, the internet makes no sense. Like it doesn't, it doesn't. <laughs> makes no sense. And I'll, I don't think I'll ever figure it out. No, and I don't, I don't want to. And I am, I'm so glad I got out of like actual physical marketing for other people because I used to have to explain like results to people. And I would basically explain it like Ron Burgundy. Like mm -hmm. I'd like, uh, I did this because of the synergy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this was, 
It was so nice to like connect. We're winding down. I'm sad. I know. I know. We're getting to the, I know. And I, I have a new phone number. So I'll I'll text you because I see yours up there. Um, I, I, cause I, I like memes and I like to send people memes and, you know, occasionally I might FaceTime you as Guy Fieri. Like that's just, that's what being friends with me is like, it's, I cannot wait. (laughs) Oh, you'll be my, you'll be, you'll be at the top of my dialing list. My listeners are like, (laughs) oh damn, I wish, I wish. No, it it happens. My friends are like, God damn it again. Oh, (laughs) Mitch would love it. (laughs) I will. I will. I might, I, I have to go to a friend's house to drop off some stuff. And I was thinking like, when I get home later, I was like, I'm going to put those pants back on. Or you could just go as guy. Just go, I thought about that too. I thought about that too. I really did. Cause I have to make a target run. Um, but uh, do you have something that you would like to promote? I always like to give my guests the floor to promote whatever they'd like. Cool. Um, I thought about it for a while and I would like to promote my friend. Um, his name is Jack Jordan. Um, I've known him for many years and he's probably one of the quippiest clever smart humans that I know like every time I know I'm gonna hang out with him I'm like I can't wait because I'm just gonna laugh the whole time um he is an incredible graphic designer and he just uh not just I would say like within the past year he started his own design company called pity laugh (laughs) (laughs) and um he makes incredible really unique t-shirts um I just bought one from him and it's like screen printed really high quality on champion athletic t-shirts but it's this one of um that he designed and it's like a silhouette of a magician and he's got a wand and there's stars and there's a bunch of other graphics going on in it and it says empathy looks magical on you ah i love that that is (laughs) um that reminds me of my friend dash of my friend robin who has dash of pep who is like most of my wardrobe. <laughs> um, yes. But I love that. I want to check it out. Um, if you wouldn't mind when I text you, can you send me like the link so that yes. I can put it in my podcast? Awesome. Oh, um, look, yeah. look him up on Instagram at pity laugh, all one word. All How is that not taken? How was right? that not, what? How was that not taken? Well, I also don't know. How oh, there's an underscore behind oh, it. A, oh, okay. It's a pity laugh underscore. Mm. I'm looking. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. Okay. To my listeners, of course, as always, all of the information is always going to be in the description. So I'll put pity laugh in there um, and ways for you to get in contact with, uh, with Serena and her art. If you want to check her out, cause you are always selling and doing cool stuff with it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this was a delight and I just, I can't let another, like, cause we haven't seen each other in five years. Can't let another five years go by six. No. Oh, it's been more than that. Six years. Oh, geez. It's a Jesus. long time. It's a long time. Yeah. We'll see each other very soon, I hope. Yeah, yeah. And of course, to my listeners, you just listened to Please Don't Kick Me Out, the podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, like, share, yeet it into the universe, tell a friend, tell your mom, tell your dad, I don't know. Uh, and uh, you can rate me on Apple Podcasts. Give me a, give me a, just some stars if you like me. And if you want to be a podcast guest, visit me at www.pleasedon'tkickmeout.com. Serena, thank you so much. I am so appreciative. And it was just so nice to to talk about our inner neuroses together. And I hope that you have (laughs) the best weekend and tell Mitch hi. And I'll be calling you as Guy very, very soon. I cannot wait. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Have a great weekend. Bye. (laughs) You too. Bye. (laughs) 
Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use P-D-K-M-O to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter p-d-k-m-o at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.